It's time to step between the ropes. Try not to tap out. This is the Talking Into Submission Podcast. Guys, welcome into the first episode of Talking Into Submission Podcast. My name is Jeff, going to be your host. That's J-E-F-F, my tag team partner, John. John, what's going on, man? How's it going, brother? I feel like I need to hit you with a guitar or something with that intro. <laughs> that wouldn't be suitable, but I mean, it would it would reach in the nostalgia department. But um, yeah. first episode, we're going to be talking about The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. What a streak it is. I don't think it'll be ever be touched. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's just something, you know, it's, it's legendary. I mean, just to put it simply, um, something we haven't seen in, in wrestling slash sports entertainment ever, except for, you know, The, the Undertaker. Um, and it's something that, like you said, won't ever be touched again. I just, I think it's something that a lot of people don't know that it wasn't planned. It yep. really didn't come out as planned. They weren't like, okay, this is a guy that we're going to make a huge run, and this is going to be his legacy for an entire career. It just kind of happened. When you have a character like that, you just you start giving him wins, and they look back and went, oh, crap, he's undefeated. Yeah, and it, it kind of works, too, because, I mean, uh, you know, Taker has that mystique about him, that uh, almost, I guess you could say, untouchableness. Um, I don't think that's really a word, but you know what I mean. Um, so, I mean, it, it works for that character. Yeah, I mean, the from his entrance to the way he walks into the into the ring and just to watch people just be flat out scared. I know growing up when I was little, I was scared to the point where if I heard church bells, I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I wasn't to that point. Um, you know, growing up, maybe may have freaked me out a little bit, uh, but I wasn't to the point where I was hiding from church bells. <laughs> but um, so let's get into some of the the big names that he. Uh, he put the rest, so to speak, at WrestleMania. Who sticks out the most to you as a huge name? I mean, probably the biggest name on the list, I mean, you would probably say is Ric Flair. Um, you know, the 16-time world champ. Um, one of the best to ever lace up a pair of boots. I mean, that's that's probably number one on the list when you look at uh, guys that he's beaten. But there are some other guys there. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Randy Orton, Psycho Sid. Uh, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Hall of Fame talent in that list that he's beaten at WrestleMania. Yeah, there's a lot of matches that if you look at them, people would be like, I don't think that's a really good match. But I tell you what, when they said you can't ever put two big men in the ring, but him and Diesel and him and Batista's matches were unbelievable. Yeah, I like the Batista match, uh, fighting over the title. Um Definitely a good one. The ones that stick out to me are probably the. It was one of my favorite storylines of all time is uh, with him and his brother Kane. Um, WrestleMania, I believe it was fourteen um, when they had their first match at WrestleMania. Just shortly after Kane debuted, um, and that that whole storyline with the the two brothers um, just going at it. I mean, they were maybe a little matches were probably a little slow. Um, but that's typical, you know, for, for Undertaker. Um, he kind of had that um, really slow, methodic pace um, to his matches. And it fit the character, fit the character well. Um, but the, the Kane matches and that whole storyline was just really my, uh, probably my favorite uh, looking back. 
Now, the second time they hooked up at WrestleMania 20 was probably the better of the two. The storyline yeah. was awesome because Kane just buried him alive. The Undertaker was under the American Badass moniker, and then Kane buries him alive because he was in a buried alive match with um, with Mr. McMahon. Kane buries him alive, and then he comes back as the old Undertaker, and it was just something that was really cool. The feel, it was in Madison Square Garden of all places, just an awesome feel, and they really, really did it very well. Yeah, they did. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was Unmasked Kane, correct? Yes, yep. It was Unmasked Kane, um, pair of pants and some boots, and just <laughs> half-shaved See, I head. Have a, I, have a, I have a soft spot for the Masked Kane. Uh, so that's why I went back to 14, um, looking at that. And I just, I really like that storyline. But like you said, it was cool to, with that Buried Alive match. Um, kind of fitting to bury the American badass and then have him come back as the dead man. Um, once again, the phenom, if you will. Uh, so, I mean, that, I mean, those matches with Kane are great. Um, the other one you got to look at, I mean, uh, Randy Orton. Um, he was going as that legend killer at the time uh, when those two hooked up. Um, and, it, you know, it ended with Cowboy Bob kind of got involved as well in that match. Um, that storyline was kind of cool as well. Yeah, that definitely, that went along as a bunch of matches. Um, he actually, Orton actually set The Undertaker on fire at one point, yeah. and then he came back, and it was just really, really cool, really set Randy Orton up for success. Um, honestly, I think if they would have ended it right then and there, I think it would have made sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Orton, and we'll get into that later, but I think Orton is one of the guys that is on, on my list to have ended, ended that streak. Um, it just, like you said, it would have made sense. Yeah, and I mean, then obviously you get into the bigger matches, he, he wrestles Batista for the world championship, wins it, obviously. The following year, he gets Edge again for the world heavyweight championship, beats him, and then you get into this, this storyline between him and Shawn and, you know, the best of the best, the best two WrestleMania wrestlers, and that match was just unbelievable. Uh, a two-set the following year was, you know, the whole storyline was great because it was the streak, streak versus the career excuse me, and just the way it was set up was awesome. They showed Michaels trying to win the Royal Rumble because The Undertaker was the World Heavyweight Champion at the time, um, trying to win the Royal Rumble, couldn't win it, so he showed up at the Elimination Chamber match and cost The Undertaker the World Heavyweight Championship, ultimately pushing The Undertaker into the match, and The Undertaker said, I will wrestle you again if you put your career on the line. Yeah, I mean... You're talking about two of the best, especially uh, WrestleMania season. Um, Mr. WrestleMania versus The Streak. I mean, it you knew it had all the makings to just be an instant classic when those two got together. Yeah, it just, it, and it was. It was five-star matches back-to-back. And then, obviously, two more matches that, that touched your heart very deeply. The two with... <laughs> The two with Triple H, um, they were very, 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 very set up, very good. Um, both of them come back. They walk to the center of the ring and both look at the WrestleMania sign, do not say a word, and that's how that match was set up. Unbelievable booking was awesome storyline for that. Yeah, and I mean, again, you're talking about two of the best uh, to ever do it. Uh, you know, Triple H is you know, top five in my mind when, when you look at guys that, that – yeah, I've gone through the business. Um, I mean, 
one of my all-time favorites, like you said. I mean, that's that's yeah, without without question. Uh, Triple H definitely, I would say, probably top three for me. Um, so I, I really like those matches. Like you said, that storyline, those storylines are really good too. I mean, just setting up, you know, Triple H trying to, you know, take revenge for his friend, you know, Shawn Michaels, his brother. Um, so, I mean, it was, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, and I mean, then you have, you know, the following year, because Taker did win, but he was carted out on, on a stretcher, and he wanted, you know, Triple H again, and Triple H really didn't want it. And then they, you know, it was booked as end of an era. Shawn Michaels comes out and becomes a special guest referee, and it was in Hell in a Cell. Honestly, probably one of the best matches put together, because you get all three of those combustible yeah. elements together, and it creates a great moment at the end where they're standing on the ramp where actually all three men have that picture in their yeah. houses. Where they kind of uh, broke uh, kayfabe there for for a couple minutes, you know, all three at the top of the ramp, like you said. And the way the way it ended, you know, in Hell in a Cell, I mean, it was, was really fitting um, for those three guys. I mean, especially when you look at when you think of Hell in a Cell, probably, I, for me at least, the top two names that come to mind are The Undertaker and Triple H and guys that have competed at a high level in inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, so I thought that was a fitting way to end their uh, their last singles match against each other. Um, of course, we saw not too long ago uh, the Brothers of Destruction versus DX. Um, I believe that was Saudi Arabia. Um, I could be wrong. It might, it might have been Australia. It was one of the two. It was one of the um, overseas shows that they did. Um so we saw that, but I mean, this was the last, you know, one of the last singles matches we saw between the two, and no better venue than inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah, that that match was just fantastic. It went back and forth. I mean, just you get involved in storylines like that, and then you know, in comes CM Punk to wrestle the Undertaker, which I thought was a very, very well put together storyline. You add Paul Heyman into the mix. I mean, just one of the greatest managers, in my opinion. Yeah, Paul. Paul likes is is very good at uh, just taking an ordinary match and, and uh, raising the stakes and making it uh, much more special. You know, uh, especially storyline wise. Um, not gonna lie, never been a huge CM Punk fan. Um, I mean, I respect what he can do in the ring. Just I've never, for whatever reason, never been a huge fan. No, I mean, he gets it done. That's for sure. I mean, he had his time. I feel like at that point in time, if they would have done more with him, I still think he would be in the ring still wrestling for WWE. But he had his demons and his things with WWE, a lot of stuff, a lot of backstage stuff that, you know, yeah. we could get into, obviously, in, in other episodes. But he just, I, I thought it was very well put together. They added the urn. They added everything into it. I thought it was very, very well booked, which honestly, unfortunately, doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, booking-wise, you know, recently, it's kind of, I don't want to say gone downhill, but um, it's not what it once was, I'll put it that way. Um, but, I mean, when you got a guy like Paul Heyman uh, trying to, you know, helping, you know, shape that storyline um, and that match, I mean, that's, that's going to boost it. Most definitely. And then you have the, the end-all, be-all with Lesnar, and ending the streak, you and I actually watched this match together, and we were just stunned. We couldn't yeah. talk. We couldn't move. I mean, we just looked at everybody in the room because we have a big 
WrestleMania party every year, and we just, nobody could move, nobody could say anything. Yeah, it was one of those where it was almost like uh, that was the point where your childhood was over. I mean, even though I was pushing 30 at the time, I mean, you know, that was, you know, something you could rely on every year. You know, uh, The Undertaker is going to win at WrestleMania, you know, growing up. That's, that's, you could bet on it. And, uh, you know, that, that was over. I mean, it was kind of an end. It was an end of an era. Right. I mean, it just, and once again, the storyline was pretty good. I mean, him and Lesnar going back and forth. Um, you know, the the thing that I remember the most is the contract signing the the week before when Tager stabs Lesnar with the pen. Yes, which was with the pen. Yeah, which I thought was just awesome. But once again, you add Paul Heyman into the mix again. It just, his face after the match, you, it was just amazing. Like, they played it up so good. I honestly thought that was it. I thought he was done. I just, I you, you couldn't tell what was going on and just everything the rest of the night didn't have the same feel anymore. Yeah, no, it was like WrestleMania kind of lost its, uh, its mystique. It's, uh, it's glamour. Um, after that one, um, I just, still to this day, I can't believe they ended it. Um, but, I mean, ending it with Lesnar was believable. Um, not that I necessarily agree with it ending. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Do you think it was a good ending? Honestly, my my personal opinion, no. I don't think he was the right person. I don't think he needed it. I think there was much more deserving people that needed it more than he did. Yeah, I mean, you look at Lesnar. I mean, he was, he was already made. He was already there. Um, he was already marketable. Um, when you look at, at, he had the believ- believability. Um, he didn't need the streak um, to boost himself. Um, I think it was wasted. I don't think it should have ended. Period. Um, the streak. I mean, by like I said before, you know, the Undertaker is the phenom. He's this mystic character, and it was it was cool. It was different. It was you know, it was unhuman. Uh, when you when you look at it, um, I mean they called him the dead man for a reason. You know, he he was something that you know wasn't from this earth. Um, and then when he has something like that, like the streak, um, and he loses it, I mean it's almost like you take that mystique away and you make him human. Um, and I don't know if that was the right thing for the character. Like I I know he wasn't wrestling every week. So it may not have been as important to keep that mystique going. Um, but I think, I, I don't know, I just, nostalgia-wise, I think you have to keep that to the end. Yeah, I I think he should have, after 21 or even 20, I honestly think, you know, after the two with Triple H, if he would have ended it right then and there, you know, with all of them at the top of the ramp, I feel like that would have been it, that would have been over. Nobody would have said anything. He would have rode off into the sunset and done his thing you know, done appearances later on, but that's just not him. He wants to keep going and wrestle until the wheels fall off. Yeah, and I mean, you, you talk, I mean, you, if you watch the uh, the Last Ride documentary on um, on the WWE Network, um, I know we both watched it, um, a lot of the guys in there, they talk about how it's, it's um, wrestling is almost like a drug in some cases, and you're almost a, a junkie to it, like you the adrenaline you get when you come through the curtain. Um, and he just, he couldn't give that up. He couldn't give, he couldn't give up that urge to, to get out there and get in front of the fans. 
Well, I mean, look look at Flair. I mean, Flair couldn't do yeah. it. They had to basically sit him down and tell him, "Hey, this is this is it. This is how you want to. How do you want to go out? You know what I mean? Because that he yeah. was. And I mean, honestly, he doesn't do it very often anymore. But Jerry the King Lawler gets in the ring every once in a while again, and I get scared every single time he jumps in yeah. the ring. Yeah, especially after he had the heart attack on air. I mean, uh, that's a guy I don't want to see back in a ring at all um, with the health problems he's had. Um, you talk about Flair. I mean, Flair's still doing it. He's still in the ring. He was in the ring uh, on Monday night um, with Orton. Uh, he took the uh, – it was kind of a uh, asylum bump where they took the lights down and then Flair was laying there um, implying that there was the punt. But, any, I mean, so, I mean, these are guys that, that, that just like being in the in, – the spotlight. I know that sounds bad. I don't. I don't mean it in a bad way. But guys that like to get out in front of a crowd and, and entertain. Yeah. So we talked about um, Lesnar ending it. We both agree that he was not the right fit. If you could no. pick, if you could pick a couple guys, who would you pick and like why? All right. So I actually made a top five list for this because I had a feeling you're going to ask me this. <laughs> um, so at number five, I do have Lesnar. Um, strictly because of the believability that he has. Um, if there are going to be anybody to end it, you know, if you say who would be the most believable person in the WWE to end it, most people are going to say Lesnar just because of the pedigree. Um, he's had success in WWE and UFC, so he's got that, that believability there. Um, so we don't have to go into that. We've already talked about Lesnar. Number four, I don't think you're going to like this, but I, I have John Cena. Um, you give Cena, you've already given Cena the 16-time, you know, world championships, 16 world championships to tie Ric Flair. Why not give him the streak? It just builds him even more. I mean, I, I could see that. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, that's somebody you, you could give and take. I don't know if I would necessarily be so mad that Lesnar had it over over Cena. I could see Cena over Lesnar definitely. I would be more happy if if Cena had it than Lesnar, because um, at the time Cena was still full time. You know what I mean? I don't like the yeah. fact that I think that's what eats me up so much is the fact that a part time superstar got it. Yeah, and, and yeah, he was part time at at the time. You know, um, but Cena. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a Cena fan either. Um, I don't like the four moves of Doom. Um, but, you know, I think the way you're building Cena, he was the face at the time. You ended up down the road, you ended up giving him, you know, the 16 world titles. You let him tie the, the nature boys, uh, record, you know, the street just, I mean, I, he doesn't necessarily need the streak too, but I think if you're going to bill him as one of the best ever, you might as well give him the streak while you're at it. As I say, that that's a that's an awesome pick. I didn't expect that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not a huge Cena fan, so that's probably why you didn't think I'd have money here. Um, number three, mm -hmm. I have Randy Orton. Um, strictly because of the legend killer um, persona that he's that he's had, I know they're bringing that back now. Um, I think you could you could have done more with that. Um, Maybe not at the time when the two faced at WrestleMania. Maybe that probably wasn't the right time to break it or to let Randy have that streak. But I think you could have built it up where the two met again later on down the line. Um, it kind of brought that legend killer thing back to light a little earlier. 
Um, I think that would have been a good pick, just just strictly based on the legend killer. I, I agree. I think at the time that um, Lesnar and Undertaker went at it, Orton was hot at the time. I think if yeah. you, if you put that on him, I think that's I think that's pretty good. Honestly, I mean he's he was getting back into the the craziness of him being you know the legend killer and him punting people in the head. What they're yeah. getting back to today. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when Lesnar beat it, that was right around the time Orton and Jinder Mahal had their thing, right? Yeah, I'm or pretty I, sure. No, it's it was around close to that time, pretty sure. Um, yeah, so he, yeah. yeah, he was hot at the time. And, I mean, you could even throw him in the title because Orton had the title right around that time. Maybe, you know, you're a match for the title and Orton just, you know, ends it there. Yeah, I, I, I think there should have been more title matches within the streak. But honestly, I mean, you didn't need it. It was the streak. No, you didn't. Yeah, no. And, and Taker was a guy that didn't necessarily need the title either. Right. Um. So moving on here, number two. Um. This one's not going to surprise you. We already kind of talked about it. Uh, it's Kane. Um, just with the, the whole brothers and the hatred for each other, you know, at, at one point. Um. I thought that would have been that would have been a good, especially for the storyline. The mayor of Knoxville. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I agree. I I think honestly that is probably one of the most perfect people. There's two people that spring to mind, and I have a feeling the person I'm thinking of is going to be your number one, and we'll get to there. Um, <laughs> but I feel like if there's any two people, Kane is one of them, just because he has the magical power to defeat the undertaker and it makes sense you know what i mean mean, it would bring you look at at the early parts of their story um kane dominated the undertaker he ruined uh in his debut he ruined uh taker's match of bad blood um so i mean it it just it, it was a dominating rivalry so to say for kane in the beginning you know, why not let it end like that? Right. It would have been one of those storylines that came full circle. Like yeah, you exactly. Would, it would be for those hardcore fans that be like, hey, I remember that. That's awesome. Like, that came full circle. All right. And moving on here, uh, off of Kane, um, number one, I have Bray Wyatt. Um, he was being booked as the new face of fear. Um when those two uh, went at it, I forget what WrestleMania that was. Help me out here. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so terrible. I, I want to say it was the year. It was the year or two before Lesnar. No, he wasn't part of the streak. He was after the streak. Was he? Yep. Yeah, this this thing lasted so long. It's hard to keep track of <laughs> when when each match actually happened. But anyway, so why? Um, they were booking him as the new face of fear. Um, why not have the new face of fear overtake a guy that was feared for so long um, in the WWE? You know, storyline after storyline, just you know, running through guys. Uh, why not have him take over that that mystique and that just that that unhuman uh, side? Yeah. It was it was actually the year after Lesnar, so it would have made more sense if they okay. had just I knew it was I knew it was right it. around the Lesnar. Yeah. Stuff. That's what I was thinking. I don't remember 
please forgive me, and I'm going to catch a lot of hate for this. Um, but I don't remember exactly which WrestleMania it was. Um, but they just, I feel like the whole buildup for that too, I feel like Bray should have got it. I felt that at the time. Um, yeah. And honestly, I mean, if he has that, I mean, that's that's unreal right now for him. Well, no, I mean, looking at what they've done with Bray since then, I think it all worked out for, for the better for, for Wyatt. Um, now he's going with, you know, the creepy, I call it the Steve from Blue's Clues uh, <laughs> um, character. And then, you know, his double uh, person, his dual personalities and comes out as the fiend. Um, I think that's cool. Um, so I think that's where it's working out well for him. I think this, this character might fit him a little better than, you know, the eater of worlds or the, uh, you know, new face of fear. I like this a little better. I mean, I think it's more Bray. I mean, he seems more comfortable with it when you, when you watch him. And I, I think it's a lot more creepy than, uh, than the, uh, new face of fear, uh, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I, I like how he he goes back to the original. Like him and him and the Undertaker are so much alike. I think yes. that's why this fits here because you know he went back to the follow the buzzards Bray to <laughs> to wrestle Braun Strowman. You know what I mean? And the Undertaker yeah. went back to the Dead Man instead of the American Badass to um, to wrestle Kane. Now I I think that's an awesome list. Um, some of the matches. I think could have went a different way. I think when he wrestled Roman, I think it makes sense to bring him back as the American badass because of the fact of Roman said, my yard, my yard, my yard. Well, that was a big thing with the American badass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. Um, to have him wrestle as the badass in that match against Roman. Now we'll say with that match against, against Reigns, I wasn't, necessarily mad that Reigns came out on top um, just because the streak had already ended. Now, I do I think Roman Reigns should have taken the streak? Absolutely. 100%. Hell no. Um, just not the guy to do it. I know he, they're trying to push him hard right now. as one of the faces of the company. And don't get me wrong, guy works hard. He busts his ass. Um, but I don't I don't think he should have had the, he should have ended the streak by any means. Um, but I think beating uh, the Undertaker at WrestleMania after the streak had already been broken was fine. Well, and and I mean, if you if you watch the last ride like we have, you you look that was actually supposed to be it. That was supposed to be the end all be all. That was the last match. Yeah. He took the hat off. He took the coat off. Threw the gloves down and everything. But he was not satisfied after he watched it. And that's, that's a lot of things that, you know, he was not satisfied with, which brings us to this year's WrestleMania. I think this year's WrestleMania match was awesome. I could be being biased because he wrestled AJ Styles. But <laughs> I feel like the way it was done, I think with it being an actual production instead of being an actual match, even though he was ready for it, I think it turned out better because it added to the mind games, and the old-schoolness of The Undertaker. Yeah, it did. And I, I think, you know, I mean, let's, let's be real here. The Undertaker is old. <laughs> Not to miss words, he's, he's an older guy. Um, I think the uh, movie, the film style, production, 
um, kind of helps him more. Um, it kind of slows things down. Um, and they, they can cut it multiple times, you know, to get that good take um, when you when you do something like that. So I think that kind of helped him a little bit. Um, but I, I'm with you. I thought that match was awesome. Um, just a great way for, for it to end. Um, he did end it as the American badass, so to say. Um, riding off into the sunset on the Harley. Uh, um, I, thought, I thought that was just, that, it, it was a great way to end the career. Well, and that's one of the things that he said, that he was going to bring all three together, and he did. He brought himself, Mark Calloway, and the dead man, and the American badass all under one. I thought it was really cool. I was really upset because that's about the time when they were setting everything up that COVID hit and we were supposed to go to Raw that night when yes. him and Austin were supposed to be in Pittsburgh for 316 night. We were ready to go and then they called and canceled it like right up to the time and just it was not a good time. Yeah, because we, uh, I remember that because we saw, I think I was the one that saw it uh, the week before they advertised Austin was going to be on Raw next week. I said, wait, it's in Pittsburgh next week. So that's when we got to talk and like, hey, let's let's try to get tickets. And then COVID hit. Where I was like, wait a minute, let's let's hold off and get tickets. Let's see what's going to happen here because things are starting to cancel. Um, so glad we did. We weren't out the money, so I'm glad we we didn't end up getting tickets. But um, still a shame that we we couldn't go and see that. I mean, it, that would have been awesome, you know. You you watch those guys, you know, growing up and stuff, and to get to see them one more time, probably for the last time, you know in the same arena would have been awesome. I don't know what it is, but fortunately for us, I mean, we're we're only about 45 minutes to an hour away from Pittsburgh. WWE loves Pittsburgh for some reason. Yeah. They yeah. always bring in big stuff to Pittsburgh. We went to SmackDown a couple years ago, and it was when Daniel Bryant was getting cleared, so we got to watch that, which was completely awesome. Kurt Angle came out. Like, it was just, it was great. They always want to do big stuff there in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was right after, um, that was when Daniel was going through the storyline with uh, Owens and Zane when they were together, um, which was, eh, it was okay, it was cool, but it was cool to see uh, Daniel Bryan finally come back, and I think that's what, I think that was the night he accepted the challenge for the WrestleMania match, which was cool. Yeah, he ripped his blazer off, and was really yeah. cool to watch him do that and say, you know, I'm tired of this, tired of that, and just, you know, went to the ring and ran around, and I'm like, oh, my God, his neck, his neck, his neck. But, no, he was fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, you know, it is nice to go to, you know, I mean, they have pay-per-views there as well. Um, I think Extreme Rules is held there every other year or something like that. Um, so it's cool to be able to go to those matches. But, you know, being there on a night when Austin and Taker are on the card, um, that would have been something special. Yeah, definitely. Going back to your point about about Bray, you know, going and, and defeating the streak, we could even take that a step further. I think honestly, Bray could have beaten the Undertaker, got the streak, and become the Undertaker, become Bray's manager, and become a mouthpiece for Bray. I think that would have been pretty cool, and you could have went into you know almost the Ministry of Darkness again. You know what I mean, and just reign terror over everybody. I think that would have been a cool storyline to do. Yeah, it would have been cool, but I, I don't know that Bray needs a mouthpiece. I think his delivery and promos, uh, and just his character, um, especially at that time when he was just kind of that 
southern preacher vibe, uh, just talking nonsense uh, most of the time. Um, not that southern preachers talk nonsense. I didn't mean that. I'm just talking Bray. I uh, kind of has that vibe, and we'll, we'll talk a lot of nonsense at times. Um, I think that was cool. That added to the character. Uh, so I don't necessarily know if he needed a mouthpiece. Sorry, I just wanted to be clear that I wasn't bashing on anybody's religion or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. First episode, we get taken off the air already. That was quick. That was fun while it lasted. But um, maybe not a mouthpiece, so to speak, but like somebody to feed off of. Because could you imagine, like, maybe not a manager, but put those two in a tag team and you re-jump the tag team division with those two? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the time, Bray wasn't where he is now. He wasn't a big-time player. He was a mid-card kind yeah. of guy. I feel like if you put those two together and put them in a tag team, one, you put less wear and tear on The Undertaker because he's older. You let Bray yeah. do most of the heavy lifting. But you bring Taker in and let him do his major moves, You know, let him hit old school, let him hit a choke slam, tombstone, yeah. all that stuff, and still make it look good. I think that would have rolled pretty good. They kind of would have been like what they did with Flair when he was with Evolution. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah. I think too, it would have been the same thing to where he would have remembered who he was. Because he yeah. said multiple times in the last ride, he forgot who he was. You know, and Triple H told the same thing to Flair. He said, yeah. you are Ric Flair. Remember that. You know, and he tells the Undertaker, don't forget who you are. Tell these people who you are. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, that's just because of show like everybody can have, you know, that, that doubt in themselves. I mean, you're talking about the, the two best ever, Taker and Flair, and they even had doubts about, about their work, so. Yeah, I mean, and, and which is crazy because a lot of people were like, well, you're, you know, you're the Undertaker. You're, you're the Undertaker, you know, they're, but no, <laughs> I mean, he just, he looked bad. And... Yeah. There was there was a stretch of matches there where he really did struggle. I mean, and it kind of started after after the streak ended. I mean, you look at his match with Roman; he wasn't happy with it. Um, he felt slow. It, he, he was slower. I mean, and jumping ahead a little bit, you look at the catastrophe that was the match with Goldberg. I mean, he almost died in that match um, from a botched uh, jackknife. Um, I mean, it, he did look bad there for a while, but, I, I mean, he, he came back. Um, he got the work done that he needed to get done on his body, um, and he came back and he performed at a high level. Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, the streak is, is something that they should never touch again. Honestly, yeah, I no. mean, if, if they ended it the way they did, fine, whatever, but I don't think anybody should even get any close to it on something that, you know, happened out of nowhere it happened organically you know they weren't set to have it he was actually set to lose to the giant gonzalez could you imagine that oh my god no. god no no <laughs> no but i no. mean there's there's multiple times within the streak that he was supposed to to lose it he was actually set to lose the edge edge didn't want to give it give it up he was like i'm not doing that he's like i don't want to be the one to break the streak so yeah. he was the world champion at the time and dropped the belt to the Undertaker out of respect. Yeah, I, I don't think a streak like that would really fit 
any other character. Um, when you when you look at it, I mean, like we said before, you know, the Undertaker has this this. I don't want to keep saying mystique, but that's what it is. Um, you know, it, it fit that character. I don't think it really. Fit, I don't think it would translate to you know a Roman Reigns or a uh, you know a Braun Strowman. Um, any of the top, uh, Drew McIntyre, any of the top guys right now. I don't, I don't think that it, it translates. No, definitely not. I mean, that just larger than life character, and there, there will never be another. I mean, they just a character that was set that honestly he wasn't set to do much with. He took it from here and, you know, elevated it clear over here, which is amazing. And then to reinvent himself to stay with the times, you know, he he said in, in the last ride again that. You know, he wanted to be able to talk more. So he went into the American Badass character, which honestly I loved because he just, that's what he did. He showed up, he beat up people, and left. <laughs> and talked a little shit while he was at it. Yeah, I mean. That, that was that was honestly my favorite part of that, of his last match with uh, Styles, was being able to hear that shit talking throughout the whole match. I mean, you just got a feel for, uh, for for the character that Taker was trying to to bring out, yeah, definitely. I mean, you you had you know with the American badass, but you also had some of it himself. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. you want to talk about my wife? Get up, boy, come on! Like just in between, <laughs> and they said that that was not staged. Like they just went at it. Like it was funny. And it helped that I mean they they had known each other and you know. Kind of hung out outside of the business. I, I mean, I think that helps chemistry-wise, without a doubt. Oh, most definitely. I mean, that's that's one of the things they say, you know, that's why Triple H and Sean had great matches with each other, because they had that chemistry in the ring. And I mean, you really, when they were going at it there, and I believe it was the early 2000s, you would have thought they really hated each other. I mean, just the chemistry they were able to pull off, and, and that storyline was just was just unbelievable. Oh, and it, and it was because, you know, you had them, Sean coming back from his back injury, which actually was caused by The Undertaker, go figure, in a casket match. But um, him coming back after that injury in the first match that he wrestles is against Triple H because he trusted him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I always love those, Matt. I mean, Triple H, like I said earlier, just one of my top five uh, all-time favorite wrestlers, just love those matches. <laughs> I, I think that's why you and I pair so well together because your your top is Triple H, my top is Shawn Michaels. A little bit of yeah. little bit of DX nostalgia going there. I feel like that's why we, you know. And we we've told a couple people to suck it every now and then, but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sometimes some of the times we're proud of, but uh yeah. <laughs> But now th- this has been a, a lot of fun to sit down and break down the streak and just, you know, completely just dissect it and talk about, you know, what it was to us. I'm sure there's some things that we left out and things, but, you know, everybody has their opinion on the streak. But I we can both agree on the fact that I don't think it should have ended and it shouldn't have ended the way it ended. No, definitely don't. Don't think it should have ended. Don't think Lesnar was the guy to end it. I said I think it was wasted. Um, but I'm happy the way uh, the other taker ended up going out of WrestleMania. Yeah, him him and Styles was definitely the way to go. 
and I mean honestly, I'm not being biased by any means, um, because there is a AJ Styles autograph picture above my head. But um, I think if there's anybody to pick to, you know, make his last match and be a good dancing partner, I think it's AJ. Yeah, it was. So I, I mean, definitely. So with with the next episode here, we're going to talk about factions. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to try and do these as much as we can. Um, it's kind of hard with everything going on, but we'll definitely stay tuned to everything that's going on. Yeah, the factions episode is going to be fun. It's something you don't really see. Uh, I mean, they're starting to bring it back a little bit now. Uh, nowadays, uh, I mean, with the Hurt Business, and um, I can't think of the name of the brand new one that they have uh, right now. The guys running around demolishing shit. I can't remember their names. Well, that because it, it's brand Retribution, Retribution. That's yeah. what it is. Maybe we'll have an answer on who that is by the time we do the, the next podcast. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're, we'll just uh, kind of go through some of our uh, our favorite factions of all time, and maybe maybe try to build one um, that we'd like to see current day. I think that'd be that'd be pretty fun. Um, come up with some creative ideas. Um, yeah, maybe so, yeah, maybe maybe Vince or somebody listens to this, they might steal our ideas. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we might be doing this in Stanford instead of in our houses next time. Yeah, I doubt it, but I mean, that'd be awesome. I, I mean, hey, man, people people start different ways. It, it's kind of crazy. You and I have been loving this business our entire lives, um, and it's great, the bond we have over the business. I feel like every time we get together, this is all we want to talk about. So it made sense to put together a podcast talking about the wrestling business. Yeah. It just, it, I mean, we do this anyway, uh, you know, in the living room, just sit around and bullshit about it. So uh, why not? why not hook up a couple of microphones and go at it? Yeah, I feel like if we would have been able to, you know, hook microphones up to a couple of our different conversations, we probably would have do a lot less work now putting episodes together. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But guys, I hope I hope you enjoyed this. We had a lot of fun with it. Um, John, any last words for anybody listening? Uh, just stay tuned. Uh, like like Jeff said, we're gonna try to do this as much as we can here. Um, but if you guys have any topics, uh. Like and follow the Facebook page. Uh, throw them out there. We'll try to get stuff, uh, get stuff that you guys want to hear out, um, and get some uh, some other topics. Um, we're always looking for suggestions on topics. So, if you guys have anything, uh, you know, throw them our way. That that was a good shameless plug there for the Facebook page. Um, <laughs> that is um, talking into submission Facebook page. Um, like, share, you know, comment. You know, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, what what you would like to hear next, I mean, you know, or possibly throw some more different topics out to us, but um, we're all ears, both of us have access to it, so just shoot us anything. No hate mail, please. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. What are you talking about? You were a born heel, John. Come on. That was, that was. If there is hate mail, I expect a smart-ass reply. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if anybody has ever noticed, but John strongly resembles kevin owens so he does have a little ko in him <laughs> oh jeez, here we go with that so much so my grandma refers to him as kevin owens every time she sees him every damn time <laughs> but guys like we said just stay tuned next episode will be coming out will be factions it's going to be a lot of fun john thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit you know yes sir Always a pleasure. Guys, this has been 
Talking Into Submission podcast. We'll see you next time.